0: Welcome to the On The Mark podcast, where I'll help you become more well-rounded financially at the intersection of real estate and personal finance. As an avid real estate investor and 20-year mortgage industry veteran with over $2 billion in fundings, I'll help you learn how to build and protect wealth and pass it on to future generations in a way that's easy for all to understand. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm joined by my co-panelist Gabby foyer oh how's it going all right good buddy how are you good thanks good, good to nice to be in touch and um really looking forward to today's session um thank you all for joining us today um we are uh pretty excited about this topic it's something that um we're really passionate about and um you know want to make sure that our community is aware of all the things that are going on and different ways to capitalize on a down market. So um, so for those of you who don't know Gabby and I in our history, uh, we've worked together for what Gabby about close to 15 years now. A little over, yep. It's been a, a, a good run, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but we're really excited to be able to bring this topic to light. I think there's a lot of Chatter about, you know, is now a good time to buy, is now a terrible time to buy, what to do. And I think the media is really playing into the fears of people, um, both as far as what's happening with interest rates and property values and everything. And I think one of the things that we want to do today is kind of shed some light on that and look at the real data and the information um, to help people make better decisions so our audience today is both clients um, as well as real estate professionals and financial professionals so we're going to keep this somewhat generic um to that degree but um but Gabby maybe we can talk a little bit about just what's going on in the market now interest rates what are they what are they doing where are they heading and uh, maybe you can start with that topic
1: sure and while interest rates um, as everybody knows went up pretty significantly towards the end of last year, up to close to the 7% range, It's actually kind of started to settle down, which has been a a good movement in our area. While the Fed is still looking to increase re- interest rates, at least at a slower pace than they were before, consumer mortgage interest rates, at least for like the 30-year fixed mortgages and some of the adjustable rate mortgages, are actually coming down. So it's actually a great time if somebody was scared seeing that peak over 7%, Now's actually a great time because interest rates are starting to settle back down and hopefully going to continue to do so.
0: Exactly. And sometimes the media information lags a little bit behind that. Um, So when things are already starting to improve, the media is not quite catching on to it and what the implications are. And I think there's really a direct correlation between the media activity and how people, uh, buyers in the market are acting. What are they doing right now? Um, so I think there's still a lot of fear. I think when rates went up, obviously that for the people who are just able to qualify for the type of home that they wanted, it has affected some of the people at that point where they just can't qualify at the, at the higher rates. Um, but for the most part, it becomes more an affordability question. Um, but there's also a lot of fear about, you know, is now a good time to buy because our property value is going down what's going on, um, and, you know, sellers are also not necessarily wanting to sell because they've got a 3% mortgage. And if they had to go to a higher rate, then they'd be paying more for, for an upgraded home. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about those numbers and go through a real life scenario um, and kind of explain to people cutting through the media coverage and really looking at numbers to say, you know, which of these markets do you as a buyer or uh, as an agent guiding a buyer, which one is the right one to work in? I think you might be kind of surprised by that answer. Um, But we're seeing still inventory is significantly constrained as well. There's still a shortage of housing, uh, which is helping prices stay higher than it might be otherwise, despite all these challenges. Um, And buyers just seem to be somewhat paralyzed. Right, so they're nervous. They uh, buyers for owner-occupied properties in particular tend to be um, emotional about these decisions and wondering if it's the right time, and sometimes overanalyzing things. Um, but the goal today is to try to bring light to some of these specific uh, ideas that you might find are really beneficial.
1: So, I think you're making,
0: so imp- yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Gubby.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're making a good point there about the. Supply of properties right now, or the inventory that's available on the market. You know, people are scared that there's going to be this sudden drop in the market. That if I purchase now, all of a sudden the market's going to crash 25%, and I'm going to lose out on that bottom. And while obviously it's impossible to predict any sort of bottom, the fact that there's that lack of inventory that's propping up the 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 values of the property. Unless all of a sudden tons of houses are built, you know, in the next year or so, you're not really going to see that massive decline. In, pro- in prices, just because there's that lack of inventory and there is a lot of demand still available. So I think that fear is still a little bit irrational. Everyone thinks, oh no, that might happen because of the lack of inventory. I don't think there's going to be that massive drop that people are really scared of.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I, from all the statistics that I've seen, home builders are slowing down production, partly because of supply chain issues. Like they can't get the materials that they need. Um, they're more, the materials are more expensive. Um, if, if property values are declining in certain regions or markets, then, you know, they might not be able to predict out so easily what, you know, the home might be worth and be able to sell for, you know, let's say six to 12 months from now once it's built. So there's definitely more risk for, for builders. Um, and as a result, they're not building as many homes because they're not sure if demand will be able to uh, to keep up with those homes being built. Um, But there is still a shortage, and I think that shortage is going to continue partly for that reason. So, um, you know, we have, you know, a bunch of implications of what what all of this means, all these different market conditions that are playing out. Obviously, there's less buyers. Um, Inventory might be increasing a little bit because you have sellers who are saying, gosh, if if property values are going down, I want to sell now rather than six months from now or a year from now. Um, If property values do decline, um, obviously, as a seller, you want to sell before that happens. Uh, But we've definitely seen a pretty meaningful shift towards more of a buyer's market where, you know, uh, people aren't going way above asking price anymore. And we're seeing seller's concessions toward closing costs becoming more common. I wouldn't say standard, um, but definitely more common. And in the prior market, you know, it's very difficult to get an offer accepted with any type of contingency, whether it be for your loan approval or uh, appraisal or inspections. All of that was really, if you wanted to have a shot at, at getting an accepted offer a year or two ago, it was usually with no contingencies. Um, another thing, one of the other implications looking at this also from an investment standpoint. Um, So from two different perspectives, one as an actual renter and one as a landlord, right? If you buy investment properties. So as it becomes more expensive or less desirable for whatever reason to buy a home, what happens is that less people buy. So, right, people have to live somewhere. So they're going into rentals. So now the demand for rentals is higher. And typical supply and demand, Gabi. What happens when uh when supply can't meet demand? What happens with the rental prices? Exactly.
1: The prices have to go up for
0: rentals. Exactly. And we've already seen that. Some some will say that they've leveled off a little bit, but they're definitely, you know, creating new highs that that we haven't seen in the past. That's partly due to inflation and, and other factors, but Um, renters are in kind of a tough spot. Like, do you buy, do you continue renting? We'll go through some of that information as well. But what I'm seeing, one of the biggest trends I'm seeing, and, and I'm actually part of that trend because I do this myself, but investors are getting excited because when you buy a property, the price matters more than the rate. And we'll go through some very specific numbers as to why. But investors are getting much more excited about this market because people make money in down markets more so than they do in up markets. Um, so investors are becoming a bigger part of the, um, of the game, so to speak. We've even seen some institutional investors announce, like I think JP Morgan announced they were gonna buy something like a billion dollars of single family real estate. Um, and when you have a big institution like that, they, they probably know what they're doing, right? So they're trying to capitalize on the down market or the temporarily down market uh, that we're probably going to be seeing. So so let's talk about some different scenarios, okay? So, so first of all, if you're a renter, we touched on it just a minute ago, right? You're kind of in a tough spot, right? Because you don't have control over what the charge is for the rent. You kind of go up and down with the market, you have to live somewhere so you either compromise on the space or you pay more. And again, as typical supply and demand, as supply does not meet demand, there's more people trying to rent because they can't, um, they can't purchase or maybe don't want to purchase or think it's a bad time to purchase. The demand for rentals goes up and the cost of that rental goes up as well. Um, Maybe some of you have heard that buying a home is, uh, you know, uh, a counterpart to inflation. What that means for those who don't quite understand the connection between the two is that rental prices can continue to go up. Right. But if you take out a mortgage and you buy a home, the mortgage rate stays fixed, at least for several years, if not the entire duration of the loan. So no matter what happens with prices, the cost, the dollar cost of what you're paying every single month, um, theoretically stays the same. Now, real estate taxes and homeowners association dues, those can go up a little bit. But as far as the mortgage itself, you can uh, basically keep a, a flat, flat rate, you know, so you know exactly what you're getting into. It doesn't matter if the value of rentals goes up over time or goes down you're not going to see a difference because you have a mortgage that stays set for a period of time. So from a renter's perspective, one way to offset these higher rents is just looking at like how much would it cost you to buy versus versus renting you know and that gap is narrowing and there's all sorts of tax uh, and other incentives of buying homes and being able to uh, appreciate over time. Um, and to, and interject, some, yeah,
1: interject, you can always refinance. So even though the mortgage rates are higher right now, with the higher rental rates also, you're fixing in your cost for the mortgage. But then if mortgage rates do go down, which seems like most people are projecting that they will over the next few years, you will be able to refinance and get that lower rate as well and fix that in. So you're, all, you're in control when inflation is high. You're having your same monthly payment. You don't have to worry about rents going up. But then when the reverse happens and interest rates do drop, you're able to refinance that mortgage and have that lower monthly payment.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's an important important note to make because we've already started to see the rates start to decline. They're expected, expected to continue declining further. Um, rates are very much tied to inflation and inflation is now starting to ease off of its peak. And so we'll see a bit of a bell curve. It's not going to be all of a sudden the rates drop by 2%. But there was a prediction by Fannie Mae and other industry experts basically saying that uh, consumer mortgage rates on a Fannie Mae loan, which doesn't apply to every situation, but it's a good benchmark, um, will fall from its peak of of over 7% to roughly 4.5% sometime this year. So that's a huge drop, right? It's bringing us almost back to the point of where we were before, where Rates were maybe in the threes or the low threes, sometimes even the twos for ARM products. I don't think that was sustainable. But if we get back to a more normal level, talking about whether it's good to buy now or later, if inventory is still constrained, right? And interest rates come down and the interest rates going higher is the main reason why a lot of people are sitting on the fence unnecessarily, in my opinion, but that's what a lot of people are doing. Gavi, what happens when... People aren't buying because the interest rates are too high. And then all of a sudden, the interest rates go down.
1: You're going to have that same flood that you had about a year ago, where we were talking about before you were having bidding wars and things going way over ass. You're going to get to that competitive market again, as soon as those interest rates drop. So the time to buy is when the rates are as they are now on their way down, because there's still that buyer's mentality or that buyer's market out there where you can still maybe get a seller paying for some of your closing costs or help you buy down the interest rate or whatever it's going to be to get in there and get that lower price. Right now is the time to do it before everybody hops back in, which I think is what you alluded to before. That's why the investors are all getting excited now because this is the time to, to purchase their investment properties. Exactly. And, and that's the point of what
0: we're trying to get across today is that the opportunity is now, and this is not a sales move on, our part. This is just looking at the data and what's expected to happen over the next six to 12 months, maybe 18 months with interest rates. Um, they come down, all of a sudden, there's still a shortage of housing. More people are going to want to buy. You have a shortage of housing. You have more people wanting to buy supply and demand all over again. It's a very simple concept. Prices are going to go back up when that happens. So so, but I want to put this into context and actually look at some numbers and a scenario that I, I think is pretty accurate to what we have seen, Gabby, over the last year or two. Um, the example I want to use is a property listed, let's say, in a million dollars. Um, typical buyer would put, let's just say, 20% down in that case and look at it last year versus this year. And some of these numbers are hypothetical and based on certain assumptions, but but follow me here. I think it's worth um, taking a look at these numbers. So if we look at someone buying that type of property last year, right? Properties listed for a million dollars. You've got multiple offers. Let's say 10 to 20 offers on that property. Many of them all cash. And there's always, every agent will say, there's always one buyer who's willing to just go crazy because that is their home. They love it. they Maybe they have some money to burn through and they're willing to, to potentially overpay for that property in that frenzied type of market. So in that price range, we saw a lot of them going for about 20% above asking. So let's say that million dollar property is now selling last year for a million two right? If the standard buyer is putting 20% down, that's $240,000, taking a loan of $960,000, which uh, let's say at an average rate of 3.5%, mortgage payment would be $4,310, okay? Now, let's say you bought last year and now the market shifted. So now that property is probably not going to sell over asking, maybe even a little under asking, right so now what ha- what's happened is that you bought at that peak you owe $960,000 on that property and now the property maybe is worth a million or maybe 950 you've just eliminated all your equity but everybody thought that was the best time to buy oh it's a frenzy everyone's wanting to buy rates are low rates are low um But I'm not so sure that's the case, because if you look at it in that example, if you set market expectations back to a normal market, which I think is what we're in now, um, it's shifting, but it's becoming more "quote unquote" normal. If the property value goes to a million dollars, you basically have no equity left. Even you know, just selling the property and paying a brokerage commission, there's literally nothing left. So you have to sit in that property for a while until it appreciates. And looking also okay, let's look down the road. Let's say, you know, 10 years from now, the property is worth a million five. You got about, you know, assuming your mortgage balance stays roughly the same, just because I don't want to get too technical here. You got about $550,000 of equity, but only after the property appreciates by 50% over, over the course of many years. But the crazy thing is that this was the market that people were rushing into buying. They wanted to buy like crazy. They were doing just nutty things to try to get an accepted offer because if you didn't, you really had no shot. But that was supposedly a great time to buy. That was like the market at that time. Okay. Now let's fast forward to that same million dollar property now. Okay. So you got a million dollar property, many of which might sell for a little under asking. So for this example, let's just use 950 as the purchase price, okay? You put that same $240,000 down. So you take a mortgage for 710,000, which is the 950 minus the same down payment, just to keep it as an apples to apples comparison, at 6%, your mortgage payment is 4256. It's actually less than what it would have been at 3.5% if you had to pay a premium price. But that's only touching the surface because If you were to refinance, let's say Fannie Mae's prediction is accurate and rates come down to four and a half percent, your payment now goes down to thirty eight fifty and you're now paying four hundred and sixty dollars a month less than what you would have paid when rates were three and a half percent. Okay, now let's look at the equity piece. Right. If you were to sell that property when values basically haven't moved from, let's say, the nine fifty two million Range, you've still got 200 to $250,000 of equity in that property, right? And over time, let's use that same example where the property value goes up to a million five. Now you've got $800,000 of equity compared to that to 550 that you had if you bought during the market where everybody thought it was a great time to buy. And you start to think, this doesn't make any sense. Why would people be rushing to buy when prices are shooting through the roof as opposed to when things calm down. Basically what this analysis proves is that the price is more important than the rate. And when the opportunities are there to be able to buy properties at a more reasonable price or a discounted price in certain markets that are struggling more than others, um, you can really benefit. Um, And one of the things I wanted to, just cover a few um, statistics. So there was an article by um, uh, a company that analyzes buyer, did an analysis on buyer's remorse. Um, And some just really interesting things that I wanna read to you. So they found, this is a very recent report that just came out. 88% of respondents say uh, competitive housing market impacted their home buying experience. Which basically bro- got broken down to 38% of people had to stretch their budgets. This is looking at last year, people who purchased last year. Um, they had to potentially rush or thought they needed to rush the purchase of their home. Um, and, uh, you know, specifically because interest rates were going higher. Um, Some other interesting statistics, and this is supposedly, again, to frame this, this is in the market where everybody thought it was the right time to buy, okay? 80% of home buyers compromised their priorities, right? Okay, most common one was obviously price. So people had to pay more for what they thought that they would be able to to buy. And one in five, 20% had to settle for a home in a less desirable location than where they wanted to be. So are having to make all these concessions. This is, this is going to come a little depressing at times <laughs> to listen to all this, but I want to keep going here. Although compromising on location, buyer, uh, help buyers land a home, one in five weren't satisfied in their new neighborhood. So one out of five people were disappointed because they couldn't buy in the neighborhood that they wanted to. Had they waited for a different market condition, they may have been able to. Okay, Bu- buyers also compromise on the specific home features um, where 25% basically had to buy an older home than they would have wanted. And another 25% had to make concessions on the um, on the square footage of the home that they had wanted. So they're having to make all these um, decisions on, okay, I'm gonna move into a neighborhood I'm not that comfortable with. I'm gonna accept a smaller house. Um, and basically this study concluded that 20% of buyers basically were totally unsatisfied with what they had purchased, right? So that's kind of sad uh, because all these people bought, supposedly in a market that is, you know, the great time to buy and everyone's buying and it's just not reality. With all these things you have to give up to buy in that market, I would argue that the current market is an even better opportunity to buy. Um, going through a couple more statistics here. Um, compromising on their priorities inevitably led to regret among among nearly three fourths of home buyers. That's seventy five percent. Spending too much was number one regret. Thirty percent think that they overpaid. Um, now that they have some context, and thirty percent rushed the process, and uh, about twenty five percent regretted buying too fast. Uh, that they rushed into their purchase. So if you look at all these things that you have to give up, you start to question like, was this really a good time to buy? I mean, it seemed like it was at the time and you get, it's hard not to get caught up in the frenzy and property values were rising quickly, but the question always is is that sustainable. And so looking at all those things, all the concessions that people had to make, the higher prices they had to pay, the question is, is now an actually a better time to buy because prices have normalized. Maybe they haven't gone down, but they've normalized, right? So so there are opportunities in this market that that I think people uh, should be capitalizing, even more so than last year when you're caught up in that frenzy. So looking at this from an investor standpoint, right? you have all these buyers who are fleeing the market, thinking the, the world's coming crashing down. When clearly it's not, it's just becoming a, a different reality. Now, the two years or so during the pandemic, things spiked to an abnormal level in a lot of different ways, right? So, what do, so when we're comparing these things, we're comparing to an abnormal market. Those were not normal market conditions. And it created this frenzy. And to be honest, probably eventually created a bigger issue with inflation and rates going higher specifically because the Fed had to down the economy because it can't grow. It can't move at that pace. Property values can't increase that fast forever or will become unaffordable for people to buy homes and then rents will go through the roof. So the government had to step in and do something. But right now is this what I think to be short window of opportunity, maybe six months, maybe 12 months, maybe 18 months, depending on how things play out where the vast majority of buyers are still caught up in this dialogue of, is it a good time to buy? Is it not? They're overthinking things probably too much and they're not listening to this uh, recording, Uh, but there are great opportunities. So we as a team, we're kind of putting our money and time where our mouth is. We're actually expanding on the products that we have specifically for investors because we've, we've already seen it but we're continuing to see more and more activity from investors who are trying to gobble up these properties, take advantage of the you know more normalized prices, but also take advantage of the higher rents. And so there's opportunities for investors to build some really nice cash flow, and then also have the opportunity to, um, to capitalize uh, when property values go up over time.
1: Because they and also remember some of those sellers who are regretting their decisions are starting to now sell their properties right now that things have kind of normalized after covid maybe they move to a neighborhood that they're not happy with or they move to a state that they're not happy with or whatever the case may be they're starting to now reverse and want to sell those properties they have that same irrational fear that the market is going to crash so it's very possible that they're sitting there saying okay i made a bad decision let me sell my property now before, you know, properties really drop or something like that. So those are starting to come on the market. And we're seeing a little bit more activity and a little bit more availability kind of come onto the market.
0: Right. Yeah, it's very true. And you see that a lot um, with the people who relocated further away from their jobs when they didn't have to be in the office. Now, they have now to come all of a down. sudden right. offices are starting to open up again. <laughs> more consistently not everyone but um but a lot more of them and now people are not liking their commutes so so they're looking to sell and i think a lot of sellers are also nervous about you know giving up their current rate maybe they want to upgrade their home but they're like oh i have a 3% rate on my mortgage i don't want to you know upgrade now but as we showed in these numbers and this is just one example obviously that's hypothetical but I think we showed that it's actually cheaper to upgrade in a down market than it is an up, up market. And the value of the property is so much more impactful than the interest rate that um, people are missing the opportunity. Like the opportunity to upgrade your property, if you look at values that are, let's just say there was a 10% um, valuation difference in one market to the other, when you're upgrading that 10% value is more impactful on the property you're buying than the one you're selling, right? If you're buying, if you're selling, let's say for a million dollars and buying for 2 million, that 10% incremental difference is going to be more painful to stomach in a stronger market when interest rates are super low and you're not thinking about refinancing and things like that. So that 10% value difference on a $2 million property is 200,000. The difference you give up by selling in the market on a $1 million property is 10%, let's just say. That's $100,000. So if you wait until property values go up, you're actually costing yourself more money by upgrading in a in a higher price market. So a lot of people are sitting on the fence because they're not really thinking through these uh these implications. So and and one thing that I've always thought of that I think most people miss is that if you look back, if you ask anyone who bought a property 10, 20 years ago, um, who's not micro-focused on what happened over the last two to three years. I don't think there's any question, Gavi, I know your family's been in real estate a long time. Um, if there's any question that anyone who bought 20 years ago regrets that, right? Because it was maybe it was a peak in values at that time but over time with real estate, if you hold it long enough, you're going to see probably two or three peaks up up and down, up and down, up and down. That's the nature of any investment, real estate being one of them. But if you look back, the peaks always rise. So one peak to the next peak to the next peak to the next peak. It's always going up. That's why historical averages of appreciation uh, with real estate tend to you know, be a fairly steady um, curve. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people are missing that. Um, so so let's turn really quickly to um, Gavi to how to identify a good deal, right? As, as a buyer. So obviously when sellers are in a pinch, they might be willing to make certain concessions, right? So my general advice is to, is to not settle. And we hear a lot from, because we're in touch with a lot of uh, investors at this point, we're hearing a lot of different strategies that people are using. They're searching pre foreclosure lists. They're looking at tax liens. Uh, they're looking at utility records to see which houses or properties have had their utilities turned off because maybe somebody's in a in a financial bind and needs some sort of way to get out of the home. Um, I've even heard one investor who told me that they actually drive through neighborhoods on garbage day and see who doesn't have. The trash uh, can out front because the property has just been left and nobody even knows it. And the uh, same thing so I with I think the grass.
1: You know, if the lawn is unkempt or, you know, not being taken care of or something like that, those are also signs, you know, that somebody may not be home. Nobody's uh, managing the property. Right,
0: exactly. And I think where other opportunities are is what, what we call value add projects. So basically, a property that needs significant renovation. So in a market where buyers have more choices, it's unlikely or or less likely or less common that they are going to buy a property that needs to be gutted or completely rehabbed or or just done a lot of work. So there's actually opportunities in those value-add projects because a seller might be more amenable in a market where there aren't as many buyers to accept a lower price for somebody who's willing to go through the process of doing all that work and, you know, dealing with, um, you know, constraints of, of materials not being available or maybe them being more expensive or whatever it may be, those projects become less desirable in a marketplace like this. But as an investor, there is another opportunity potentially to get that property at an even lower price and benefit from the work that you're willing to do that others might not be able to while buying in a lower market. So I think there's definitely some really great opportunities. Um, And again, rates are likely coming down and we're already seeing and we're not predicting anything here that, that others haven't talked about as well. It's very clear that inflation is starting to ease. And as inflation goes down, interest rates are going down as well. So the opportunity is now when buyers and sellers on the masses are a little nervous. Again, a lot of media attention around this. Um, But I personally think, and Gavi, I think you would agree, that the opportunity is right now. Like in this 12-month window, I think is going to be the best opportunity to buy that we'll see because as interest rates go down, those prices are going to go right back up. That's just standard supply and demand. Um, so you have to be careful not to get caught up in this media frenzy as a buyer. Oh, is it a good time to buy? Is it a bad time to buy? I remember I was looking on my, uh, my iPhone, uh, news app and literally right next to each other, there were two articles about mortgage rates. One said they went up, one said they went down, you know, I mean, that's just indicative. It depends on what perspective you're looking at, what time frame you're looking at. Um, So this media advice can really um, confuse people and make them basically paralyzed to do anything. Um, And a, a down market or one that is not quite as crazy, that's when rich people, so to speak, come in and get richer, right? Opportunities are there to build more wealth. Properties are, quote unquote, on sale, Right. So, those are the times that you want to get into those properties. You can deal with refinancing and all that later, but securing the property at a reasonable price is actually more impactful, as we showed, than an interest rate being too low. And, and again, looking at if you buy real estate and you hold it long enough, this is one of the reasons I love to invest in real estate. It's not that you can't go wrong, but it's that if you hold, you just have to hold the property to the point where it makes sense to sell it. Right, And you know that time is going to come. If you buy in an up market, a down market, again, I talked about how each peak over time over the course of several years or even decades, whatever it may be, the values go up over time. And uh, that's pretty, that's like historically proven that that happens. So it's just a matter of deciding when the right time is to buy or to sell. Um, and the other thing is some people just say, you know what, I don't, I don't need to move right now. I'm going to sit it out. Um, but they still want to take it. They're like torn because they want to take advantage of the opportunity, but they don't necessarily want to move their home. Maybe they really like that three or two and a half percent mortgage that they have. And they're really kind of set in their ways. One thing I think that agents can recommend to those clients who, who are saying that is that, Hey, if there are opportunities in the current market, maybe you stay where you are and you buy an investment property instead, and you build wealth, using investment real estate. I think people are so hyper-focused on buying just for themselves, right? And they really miss this opportunity that when there are periods of time where property values could go up and cash flow could be really nice and potentially be even better once you can refinance into better terms over the next year, there's a lot of great opportunities for investors. And that's why I can tell you firsthand, we're seeing a lot more investors come into the market. That's usually what what drives the market back up or catches the bottom, so to speak, is investors who are willing to do value-add projects or to be much less emotional about what's going on in the market and look at the the actual statistics and the numbers. And if cash flow is good and there's room for appreciation, an investor is going to go after that deal. Um, Whereas a, a primary occupant isn't, but that's the opportunities that investors look for because they understand the game. And I think that's what we want to bring light to today is understanding what's actually happening and not just getting caught up in the media frenzy about it being a bad time to buy, but actually looking at the numbers and what, what would you have had to give up if you bought last year or the year before? Space, location, all these different things. You don't necessarily have to do that now. So you can get what you want. Yes, the interest rates are are a bit higher than they were, but they were unrealistically low for a very long time. So again, we're, we're comparing it to kind of an extreme uh, that's not really realistic to maintain itself long term. So I think the opportunity is literally right now for the next six to 12 months, I think people who are buying now are going to thank themselves later for doing it. So um, Gabi, I don't know if you have anything to add that, that pretty much wraps up uh, my no, thoughts I on the topic. You're,
1: you're absolutely correct that you know the the temporary pain <clears> to <throat> the temporary pain of the higher interest rates um doesn't matter nearly as much as the purchase price. So if you can buy right now and get a good opportunity, that's much more important than waiting for interest rates to fall, which will have a lot of negative consequences. I think you explained that very well. Yeah. Well, thank you.
0: I've had this conversation a few times with clients directly, (laughs) as you know, but, um, but this forum is something that we wanted to get information out to larger groups of people. So we appreciate you guys joining us today and we look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the On The Mark podcast. Wherever you're listening, please leave a review. And if you're enjoying it, please share it with others. You can also follow us on our social accounts and find us at markmyman.com to connect directly. Be sure to take a look at the show notes for all the important links, and I'll see you next time.